Coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York, I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
the music of two giants, composed by Rabin Sion Schenker Zichronoli Vracha and performed by Yonatan Razel, Shibadela Chaim Arukim Hatov, opens things up here on this week's edition of the Israel Show. Thank you so much for tuning in and making us a part of your week. We are here each and every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM. You know what that translates to? You probably know by now. 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Israel Time, and around the world, wherever you are, whatever time it is, that is the time that we are on. And if you missed it, just uh, head right over to the archives. Now you might say, where are those archives? Where can I find them? You may not need to find them because you are listening, but you may want to share with your friends that they shouldn't miss out on this wonderful program and all the other programming at the Nachum Siegel Network. The archives can be found at nachumsiegel.com under archives or at the great Nachum Siegel Network app which is available for free, for free, I tell you. Just go and get it. iPhone, iPads, all the eyes, all the iOSs and Android all available. The greatest Jewish programming that you can possibly find on a radio station. We have lots of interesting stuff coming up. A monumental opening yesterday of a 2,000-year-old site at the footsteps. <laughs> I say that literally, of Har Habayit. We'll tell you about that. It is just incredible. It hasn't gotten the the media, uh, even in the Jewish media, I don't think it's gotten the attention that it deserves to get. We'll have um, recordings of uh, Nikki Haley, who was in Israel recently. She, she was interviewed, spoke at the Israel Hayom conference, had some interesting stuff to say, as well as Ambassador David Friedman, who spoke there as well. We're going to specifically discuss his um, comments about the media and the bias of the media. As if we don't know that, but still, it's great to hear it from an official American ambassador, representative of the administration. Uh, We'll get to all that after another musical selection. This is Shlomo Artsy, Ratzinu Raklashir. All we wanted to do was sing. Just leave us alone. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. פוליטיקאים מושחתים תמיד מתחלפים רק חברים אמיתיים לנצח לא התחלפו הייתי כבר רעב לשיר רעב לשיר שרתי עם כל החברים שלי על גג מוזר מול הנהר השאלה הייתה מי יהיה בו כדי לאסוף את השברים מי יתחתן עם מי ומי יהיה זמר 
All we wanted to do is sing here on the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. By way of background, just in case there are some listeners who are not that familiar with the geography of the city of Jerusalem, the old city of Jerusalem... Today, defined by the old city walls of today, are not at all the same, is not at all the same as the old city of Jerusalem in the time of David. Of King David, that is. There is a section that is south of Har Habayit. It's like a sliver, it's almost like shaped like, um, like an eye, like human eye. And um, that area, based on all the archaeological excavations of the last 150 or so years, if not more, 
it has come to be known as Ir David, the city of David, <clears throat> because it seems to be clear that that is where the city of Yushalayim was during the times of the Bayit we shown. Now this is a small sliver, which is on a slope with the top of the the area called Ir David is Harabait, is where the Beit Hamikdash was built, which is atop Mount Moriah. So you can imagine, if we wanted to just say in general terms, that the city of Yerushalayim during the times of David was on the southern slope of Mount Moriah. To get from the city to the Beit Hamikdash, you had to walk up. It's very steep. If you visited, and I know many have. And if you haven't, you must. You see what a steep climb it is to get from what was the city up to the Bet Hamikdash. Very steep. We found there so many archaeological relics that are evidence, proof that the Jewish people resided there during the times of the Tanakh, we found signet rings, signet rings that were used by scribes who would be the official scribes of the king because they didn't have word processors yet. So they would have a scribe who would write on parchment what the king said. They would roll it up. They would take a little bit of wax or in some cases they would take a little bit of pottery, cheres, while it was wet, stick it to close the the uh, the scroll, and then use a signet ring to impress into the wax or the clay the name of the scribe. And they have found many. These are called bulas, B-U-L-A, and they have found many, 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 many of these in the city of David, all written in Hebrew. But the Hebrew font that was used was the font that was uh, that the Jews used during the time of the Bayit Rishon. Basically, that the Jews used until Galut Bavel. When they came back from Bavel, they brought with them the <coughs> the font that we use till today. And that's not just me saying some crazy thing that's in the Gemara, etc. So we found these bulas, these insignia rings of, of the scribes whose names are mentioned throughout Tanakh or I should say throughout Nevi'im the names of the people who were scribes according to the Tanakh in our Nevi'im they are described as the scribes Gabriel ben Shafan and, and others wow it's like unthinkable. We don't realize how amazing that is. You literally are finding physical I don't know if you want to call it proof because people say, well, we don't need proof of the Tanakh. But it is physical proof that what we read in our Nevi'im took place right there right there we found a water tunnel 
tunnel that brought water from outside the city walls to inside the city walls. This tunnel is described in the Nevi'im as a tunnel that was built by Chizkiah Melech, Chizkiah's tunnel. He did so because he was afraid that when the enemy comes, they would not be able to get water, access to water. And when they found this, before the state of Israel, before World War I, the Ottoman Turks were in charge and they took the inscription that was found at the center point of this tunnel and they have it buried in a museum in Istanbul somewhere because they don't like the idea that there is proof that the Nevi'im are true, that the Jews, in fact, were right here, right here in Jerusalem. The inscription, which again is written in Hebrew, in the font from before the Churban Habayit, describes how the people that were working and chipping away the rock, because Jerusalem is is all all rock, rock rock and they chipped away from each side and finally they heard the chisels the banging the act the pickaxes from each side and then boom they met each other it opened and the water flowed through all that is from the times of the first Beit HaMikdash from the times of David and the Davidic dynasty was known as Judea Yehuda and then comes Nebuchadnezzar and destroys the first Beit HaMikdash and exiles the people before that the ten tribes were exiled have are lost to us we believe at least for now. And 70 years later, a trickle of Jews came back and built the second Bet HaMikdash. It was nothing compared to the first Bet HaMikdash. It was was the Mikdash of a poor people. The aristocrats and the rich among them stayed in Babel. But, Several hundred years later, there was a crazy king. Crazy. He killed people right and left, including family members. He was neurotic. He was uh, he, he, he had every kind of crazy mental illness you can imagine. But he had an amazing ability to build and that is Herod the Great as he is known Hordus he built the palace on top of Masada can you imagine what that was like to build in those days he built an unbelievable port in Caesarea he built himself a palace inside a mountain by chopping off the top of the mountain and building and and building the palace inside that's called Herodion. You can see it. It's in the Gushetzion area. 
you can visit all these places and see what unbelievable work Herod did. But one of his shining moments, so to speak, was when he <clears throat> rebuilt, sort of renovated the Beit HaMikdash and made it into something spectacular. Understand <clears throat> that Chazal hated Herod for good reasons. And yet, they say in the Gemara, Chazal say, anyone who hasn't seen a building, a structure, such as this, this structure, anyone who hasn't seen this structure that Herod built of the Beit HaMikdash has not seen a beautiful structure in his life. I.e., it was amazing. And it was amazing. And he built around, and he built roads, and so forth. And we can tell what he built, because he had a certain style of building, which was unique to his work. And uh, quite a number of years ago, probably over 10 years ago, at the bottom of Ir David, like where the slope ends, a, a water pipe burst and forced some digging and suddenly was discovered a huge pool of, of water huge pool that used to hold water and they were able to tell that it was from the times of the second Bet HaMikdash, of Hordes's Bet HaMikdash it was built as part of Hordes's big plan and as they kept digging they found a staircase stairs leading from the pool, the mikveh if you may up to Har Habayit we have an example of such steps right at the southern end of Har Habayit in what's called the southern wall excavations we see some of the original steps that led the Olei Regel into Beit HaMikdash from the south and they're done very interestingly there's two small steps regular normal steps and then a long step two small and a long why? Because you can't run up that kind of staircase. Your stride is constantly broken. Because when you go up to the Bet HaMikdash, you need to go Bechovet Rosh, seriously. You have to think about it. You can't be running up or taking them two by two, you know, playing around on the stairs. And this staircase that was discovered... And over the last 10 years or so, dug out underground, underground. That means they, they left above the Arab homes that were there, and they dug underneath to expose the entire staircase. Same idea, two steps, long step, two steps, long step, exactly the same way with the same type of stone, with the same type of construction, clearly from this man, Bet HaMikdash Hasheni. And this 
work took years and years, and yesterday was the official opening of this amazing archaeological discovery, which now people will be able to walk through from beginning to end, recreating the steps of the Ole Regal from this man of Bayicheni. Quite a number, probably 10 or 11 years ago, when they just were starting, I had an opportunity to be there. And uh, I was with a few people, and I sat down on one of the stones there, the pool area. And I was waiting for them, and the guide, a wonderful person who passed away since then, Yehuda Rubin Zichon Olivracha, when he came back with the group, um, I said to him, I'm sitting here thinking how my forefathers, my forefathers, our forefathers, walked right here to get up to the Bet HaMikdash. And he said, I would say in a scientific way, when you touch the stone, it's not the first time that that DNA was on that stone. Can you imagine that there are people, Arabs, but not only, who deny the fact that the Jews were ever in Yerushalayim? There's an Arab museum in Yerushalayim which supposedly is the history of Jerusalem, and the Jews don't exist there. They never were there, according to this museum. And millions and millions and hundreds of millions of Muslims around the world believe it. And the quote-unquote United Nations passes resolutions claiming that these are Palestinian heritage sites. Who was there at this amazing opening yesterday of the site? Well, our ambassador, America's ambassador to Israel, David Friedman, and Ambassador Greenblatt, Senator Lindsey Graham, as somebody pointed out, this structure, the staircase, the Temple Mountain, all was built by the head of the Roman Empire's Israel division, if you will, Herod. The Roman Empire being the superpower of the world of its day. And it is now being reopened 2,000 years later by the representatives of the President of the United States, the superpower of its day. What an amazing feeling. I'm going to play for you a clip of David Friedman where he speaks about President Obama and his last uh, 
parting gift, if you will, to the state of Israel before he left office. As the Obama administration came to a close in December of 2016, it left a parting gift to the state of Israel. I would say a a parting betrayal to the state of Israel. It permitted the passage by the United Nations Security Council of UN Resolution 2334, a resolution that deemed all of Judea, all of Samaria, all of East Jerusalem, the Western Wall, this beautiful setting here, everything that you can see from, from your chairs, all of it was deemed by that resolution to be illegally occupied territory. That resolution, I have no better word for that resolution than to simply call it what it was. That resolution was a lie. Several months later, a new ambassador entered the United Nations as the permanent representative of the United States. Ambassador Haley was given a clear mandate from President Trump. Tell the truth and stand up to the bullies. We'll get to Ambassador Haley in a little bit. But just think about it. After everything we just said, that the Obama administration withheld its veto and allowed the UN to declare all of this as occupied territory. Shame on the Obama administration. God bless the Trump administration. Doing amazing things. We're going to play a new song from uh, Aaron Razel. Just came out, I believe, yesterday. It's called Am Yisrael, the people of Israel. Just like Kemoha Sneha Boer, just like the Sne, the bush that burnt in the desert that Moshe found, Lacham Vihit Gaber. The Sne kept fighting and overcoming to continue burning. Imshachar Choser Levadoyevater returns with the dawn, is alone in the world, meaning the people of Israel. Yashen Gamhuer Viodea Loyanum Hashomer. He is sleeping but also awake and he knows that Loyanum Veloyshan Shomer Yisrael, the one above that is protecting it, us, will never sleep. Am Yisrael, that was the first stanza. Nice song, great words by uh, Aaron Razel. We open with Yonatan Razel, this is Aaron Razel. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Shahar Hosea, the Doe Vater, oh, 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 oh
ישן גם הוא ער ויודע, לא ינו מה שומע. First of all, if it reminds you a little bit of um, Paul Simon's Graceland, it is because um, the composer himself writes, Aaron Rizzo writes, that uh, he was influenced by that song when he was writing this one. There's this great great paragraph at the end, and it, and it echoes things that we've said on James Day many times, especially on Yom Atzmaut. There's a um, an intersection in the Tel Aviv area along the highway called Kibbutz Galuyot, 
all kinds of intercessions. They have all kinds of names. And this one is called Kibbutz Kaliot, the ingathering of the exiles. And there's a lot of traffic there. So he says, Gambaradio Omrim, in the traffic reports on the radio, they say, Bekibbutz Galuyot Yesh Pkakim. Hoi, Lolehitatzben. Don't get upset. Don't get frustrated. Bekibbutz Galuyot Yesh Pkakim. When God is in gathering, gathering in all the exiles, it is not an easy thing. And there are traffic jams. There are standstills. But it continues to move, ultimately. I love that. That is a great line. Our own Razel, brand new, released, I believe, yesterday. Nikki Haley, former UN ambassador for the United States of America, and a rock star on her in her own right, was honored in Israel at the Israel Hayom conference. Israel Hayom is the newspaper that is owned by the Adelson family, Sheldon Adelson. His wife is the official publisher. It is a newspaper that was established to counteract the anti-Netanyahu media on the left. And it is given out for free. And therefore, it's not shocking that it's doing very well. Anyway, at this conference, we have a few clips for you. Um, If you listen to this show on a regular basis, there's nothing new in what she's saying because we've discussed all these issues, especially the last one. We've discussed many times, but I think it's good to hear her say it um, in her voice. And if uh, the total here is about five minutes, if I have anything to add, I'll I'll just butt in. But uh, otherwise, I'll just um, let these different clips that we prepared for you roll. Nikki Haley, last week at the Israel Hayom conference. It's interesting because for a while I wanted to see exactly what was the anti-Israel bias about. When I first got there, I had heard about it, but, but didn't think much of it until I attended the first Middle East session, which, by the way, is not about the Middle East. It's not about Syria. It's not about Yemen. It's not about Hezbollah. It's not about Hamas. It, it's, it's only about Israel. And when I sat in that first session and heard ambassador after ambassador just bash Israel, just because they always had, it was disgusting. And so that's when we said, we're not going to allow this to happen anymore. There are too many other issues in the Middle East we need to talk about. And so every meeting, I would talk about another threat in the Middle East that we should be worried about. And over time you saw other ambassadors start to do that because the fact was they were embarrassed. What I do think has happened is the Arab countries realized after the 1967 war that they were never going to defeat Israel. So they did the only thing they knew they could was go after Israel in the UN and do it diplomatically. And because of the wealth of those countries, because of the oil, they went to all the little countries and said, you need to be voting with us. That's what started it. Now it's time to end it. Because behind closed doors, 
So many of those ambassadors respect Israel. Not, you know, the Arab community is the Arab community. But when you look at the other small countries of the 193, there are so many that actually respect the strength and intelligence of Israel. We fight back by calling them out every single time. We call them out every time they tell a lie. We call them out every time they try and create their own truth. We call them out when they think we're not watching. And we never let our guard down. Because the more we called them out, the less they would do it. And it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort. But the truth is always worth fighting for. And I think that we have to continue to do that. I will continue to do it my own way. I think the president will continue to do it in his way. I think Ambassador Friedman and Jason and, you know, all of those who've worked so hard to fight for the American-Israeli alliance, we fight for that not just because we want to help our ally and friend Israel, but a strong Israel makes a strong America. And so we need everyone to acknowledge the value of Israel. I mean, it is the one bright spot in a really rough neighborhood. And we need to continue to show that the democratic values and the, and the freedoms and all of the things that Israel encompasses, the Middle East actually wants. And so the better and stronger we make Israel, the safer we make the world. And uh, this last clip where she goes into detail about UNRWA and the funding of the quote-unquote refugees, something that we, sh- we spent an entire program on, maybe uh, if I find whichever date it was, I could put it on the uh, Facebook page. But here in two minutes, she explains the situation of the UN money and the treatment of the um, Arab quote-unquote refugees unlike any other refugees in the world. The number of actual Palestinian refugees is classified. Um, There are multiple people working on it right now to unclassify it, and I think we should unclassify that number because I think it speaks through um, to the truth of what that whole scenario is. I personally really looked into UNRWA and the Palestinian refugees. Because when I first got to the UN, I wanted to find out what what they did, what we could do to improve situations. And what I found was an agency that didn't want to be told what to do. They didn't want to reform. The way they count refugees is basically saying that any Palestinian, any place in the world is a refugee, because it doesn't matter if you have citizenship in another country. They want to give it for generations going forward, and nowhere else in the world are refugees counted like that. And so UNRWA would go around to the United Nations and always complain that the United States wasn't doing enough. The United States has given the Palestinians over $6 billion. We've done our part. So when the United States goes to UNRWA and says, we think you should reform, we think you should change the way you have your textbooks, we think the way you should change how you count refugees, and they tell us, no, we can't do it, and then they turn around every year, it's like a fundraiser, every year they say their schools are going to close. And I finally had a conversation with the president, and I said, I promise you, they won't close. Because it's nothing more than a fundraising tactic. So when they weren't willing to do our reforms, and they weren't willing to acknowledge the truths that we wanted to, 
the president was courageous enough and said, no more. We're not going to give any more aid to UNRWA. And on top of that, we were giving more than all of the Arab countries combined. Why would the United States be responsible for the Palestinians when their own brothers and sisters in the Arab community won't be uh, responsible for them? ילדותי אל נעורי שנעלמו עם השנים לחברים שלי האם הישנים אני חוזר אל הצבעים והקולות אל העיניים התמימות והגדולות אני חוזר אל השכונה אל עץ התות אל עפיפון אדום אדום קשור לחוט I love the original one, and I love this cover. Aniva Simon Moise Katan, originally sung by Yossi Banai about growing up in Yerushalayim back in the day. Well, a couple of cool things out of Israel right now. 
we'll end off with the good stuff as we try to do Amazon is opening in Israel it's a good sign because it means that Amazon feels Israel's large enough of a market as small of a country it is as it is large enough of a market and sophisticated enough of a market where people would buy online that it's worth it for them to open an Israeli um, website there are claims that they could take over 30% of the retail market that is said because it means the the small guys are going to be pushed right out and that's not I gotta say that's not something exactly it's not good news for the uh, small guys and I think Israel needs to protect the small guys but ultimately uh, yeah what can I say um that's number one and number two something very cute there's um, there's a Facebook um, presence a guy on Facebook who publishes Aramaic um, tweets so to speak so he'll take a song a well known song in English and translate it into Aramaic and it comes out very very funny very funny so he posted on his page that if he gets a thousand shares or likes or whatever, he'll publish uh, Waze directions in Aramaic. Waze got uh, got notion of this and said, hey, you don't got to wait for a thousand likes. We'll help you with it. We want to do it. It's cool. So... Um, he recorded a, um, somewhat of a, of a trial. Here is a, a couple of <laughs> a couple of the ways instructions in Aramaic, starting with, you know, we're start getting ready to start the journey, something like that, and then uh, keep to the right or to the left or at the traffic circle, take the second exit, and so forth. Here, here it is. Ways in Aramaic. מתקן לאורחה מלכתחילה בעוד ארבע מאות עמות מפני שמאלה ולאלתר מפלי ימינה בעוד מאתיים עמות אביקו לאורחה דבשמאלה בעוד שמונה מאות עמות בעיגולה Be'igula in the traffic circle. Afik tinyana. Take, get out in the second. Is that second or third? Second, I think. Right, third is not second. Second exit. That's very cute. Okay, wanted to share that cute thing with you. Uh, we're going to end off with. Um, let's see. What should we end off with? We have a few options. Let's try Yigal Bashan. And Tenliet Tayom Hazeh. Before we do that, we say, as we always do, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your Facebook likes and comments. Thank you for your comments on the app. We like that too. 
We appreciate it. Thanks to the Stanford and Nachum Siegel Network, and a very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Immediately following us, coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, Yoni Pollock, who just did a yeoman's job, three hours, six to nine, filling in for Nachum on Jamie the AM, and now, starting in about five minutes, he's going to be back on the air with After Further Review. The energies that he has are amazing, and he's covering the latest in the world of sports. After that, Novak now with Jake Novak. Jake will... Um, chart out a simple plan to solve the current political logjam in Israel and then after that the Great Monday Music Marathon will be upon us so stay tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network for all of that Uh, we appreciate when you like our Facebook page it's important and when you like our posts that's important as well and uh, we appreciate that Um, we publish every week after the show, at some point during the day, sometimes the next day, usually the same day, a link to listen to the show. We publish all the YouTube videos of the songs that we played during the show, so you can listen to them whenever you want, and links to things that we spoke about during the show. So take a look at our Facebook page. As we like to say, have a listen, take a look, give us a like. It's facebook.com slash the Israel Show. Coming up, Yigal Bashan with Tenlie Tayom Hazeh. Until next time we meet, this is Mayor Wangan reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. Oh no, they're just running in a different race. <laughs> Hayom
שהיה, תשכח מזה, מה שיהיה. 